Well, hey, if you've got a Bible, I want to invite you to take it and turn to Matthew chapter 6 with us this morning. If you use uh, an app on your phone, you can go to Matthew chapter 6. I was invited to uh, check out a new restaurant uh, in our community the other day. You know how restaurants have these soft openings and a limited number of people are invited so that you can, you know, go in. They can practice. They can practice taking your order. They can practice prepping your food and, and serving you. And for me, the best part is the food's free. Like, that's why I go. That's the only reason I'm going to go is because it's free food, right? It's a, it's a free experience. So I got to be a part of that. And I've only ever, ha- ever had that happen one time in my life. And uh, the funny thing was that I wasn't invited, all right? I, I showed up on accident. And Jenny was out of town. And so it was just the kids and I. And the kids were much younger at the time, and we showed up at this new burger place, and uh, someone met me at the front door and asked if I had a reservation, and kind of looked around at this place, and the fact that I just got my three young kids with me, like, reservate, well, they could tell I was confused, and so he explained to me, well, this is a soft opening, it's kind of by reservation only, to which I was like, well, I'm so sorry, I had no idea whatsoever, like, we are happy to go somewhere else, but, but thankfully he stopped me, and he said, you know what, we've had people not show up, uh, there's a lot of room right now, why don't you come on in, and, you know, you can go up to the counter and, and help yourself, so I did, and so we went to the counter, and again, I've got my three young kids there, and so I started working on our order, you know, like every Everybody, you get one one sandwich or something, and then because I'm a cheapskate and because we're Dave Ramsey people, I'm thinking, well, we, we can share a couple of orders of large fries and waters all around, all right, and so we're going to get out of there without spending a fortune. Well, the, the girl taking our order could kind of see what was happening there, and she said to me, she said, you know, sir, uh, she said, you can get whatever you want. It, it, it's free, and I'm like, there's got to be a catch, you know, I mean, there's nothing that's free. And she's like, no, really. She said, today only, everything's free, get whatever you want. My life's about to change, you know. I mean, this is the greatest, you know, evening uh, of my life. And so, you know, it's like, you know what? Value meals all around. Uh, In fact, while we're thinking about it, supersize it. And you know what? We'll take some ice cream too, all right? I I don't know if you're like this or not, but uh, this conservative self, take only what you need sort of a person. I can get a little greedy when it's free, right? I mean, when someone else is paying the bill. But we're all like that to some degree. I think we are. Uh, that it's not enough to just have enough. I mean, we, we all want more. I mean, kids, I think you know this. If you, if you did some trick-or-treating a couple of weeks ago, right? I mean, if you go out trick-or-treating, you want to choose the house that doesn't do the bite-sized candy bars. You're looking for the house where they've, they've got the full-size candy bars. And moms and dads, you like this too because you're, you're snitching out of their candy bag, you know, throughout the week, right? I mean, we always want a little bit more, but everyone knows that, you know, it's always, it's always nice. It's nice to just have a little bit more of something good. And so what do we tend to do? We collect, we, we store up, we stockpile things that we like or maybe things that we need just to make sure that we can get ahead. I mean, just think back nine months ago when the stay-at-home order took place. I mean, you remember what was happening at the grocery stores? Like it was a little frightening at times to walk in, you know, wondering where do we live right now? You know, I mean, you you remember how crazy the store was, how hard it was to find fresh flour. Like who was baking all the bread? You know, I never, I never saw any of this fresh bread. And, you know, there was challenges in finding meat and oh yeah, the, the toilet paper fiasco. Some of you did, some of you hoarded the toilet paper and you'll never need to buy it ever again. All right. And so if we run out, we might need some help uh, in, in our house, but we all remember what that was like. But don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying, I, I think it's wise for us to have some basic necessities stored up for uncertain times. But today, we're going to look at a prayer. 
look at a prayer that Jesus prayed and taught his followers to pray that's meant to remind us that we can rely on God for all of the basic needs that we might need every single day. It's called the Lord's Prayer uh, or the Our Father, depending on what tradition you grew up in. It's found in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. And like me, if you grew up in a faith tradition uh, that helped you commit this to memory, uh, then it might come very naturally to you. But for others of you, it might be new as well. But I want to read it out loud together if we can. And just to keep it fresh, throw you a little bit of a curveball today. We're going to look at it in the New Living Translation. So it might sound a little different than what you're used to. And so let's read these words on the screen together, beginning with the Our Father. Let's read it out loud, if you would. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but Rescue us from the evil one. And it stops there in the NLT and maybe in the NIV or in the version of the Bible that you're reading. And there's a line that's missing, and we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks and why that's missing from some versions in the Bible and the significance of that. But over the last few weeks, we've been breaking this familiar prayer down phrase by phrase, line by line. And so far, we've learned that when we pray, all right, that when we pray, it's important to first to think of God as our Father, to pray with that in mind. I mean, Jesus prayed. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray, our Father. And to be reminded that he's a good, a perfect, loving Father. And maybe that's a stretch for you. All right, maybe that's a stretch because I know not everyone grew up with a, a good uh, model, a, 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 certainly not a perfect earthly father. None of us had a, a perfect earthly father, but maybe your father was absent or, again, not healthy, and so that image of a father has maybe influenced the way you even think about God, and there can be a challenge in that. But what Jesus wants us to see and know and what the Scripture shows us is that he is a good, perfect, and loving father. And the more we see him like that, even as we enter into our times of prayer, the more we realize that prayer is this conversation between you and God and that he's a good father who's listening. And the more we pray the more we're investing in that relationship that we have with him. Last week we discussed, Ben talked about the importance of praying for God's will to be accomplished here on earth right now. And so we're to pray this for ourselves, that God, we want you to, to, I want you to use me here in this world. Lord, I want you to use my family for your purposes here in this world. God, we want you to use this church for your purposes in this world. In fact, we want what's happening in heaven to come and happen here on earth, and we believe that you can use us, that you can use our church and the Big C Church to help even more people find their way back to God. And so this portion of the prayer reminds us that we're not here by accident, that we're kingdom workers for Jesus in this world. Today is a transition point in the prayer. And whereas the first part of the prayer is focused on God's glory, the rest of the prayer gets more personal as the rest of it talks about is focused on our needs and wants and how we bring those before God. And it's no accident then that the first half of the prayer, all right, again, focuses on God because if we really begin with God, if we start with God, recognizing Him as Father and Holy here in this world and His kingdom come and His will be done, that's going to influence the way we pray. It's going to influence the things that we pray for 
It's going to have an impact on these. And so today we want to look at these next words coming out of verse 11 when Jesus prayed, and give us today our daily bread. What does it mean to ask God for daily bread? Well, for starters, Jesus is teaching us this, if you're taking notes. He's teaching us that it's good and appropriate for us to make our requests known to God. And this is what we think of so often when we think about prayer. We think about taking our list uh, we think about taking our needs to God. And so this part of the prayer is when we go before God with our needs, whether they're big or small, and Jesus wants, us to, wants to show us how to do that appropriately, okay? And why that? Why appropriately? Well, I think we all know this. If we're not careful, if we just kind of rush in and rush out, like think about how quickly our prayers might resemble more uh, of putting in an Amazon order, all right, than going before the creator of all things with our heartfelt needs. I mean, I think you could see that. I think we all, I'm guilty of this. Like, think about how often we're, we're tempted to pray, uh, good morning, God, um, I love you, I love all you do, and three quick things for you to be working on as a regard, as, you know, in regards to me as, as you go on with your day. You know, I'm in good weather, just play some golf, uh, I need my team to win, and maybe win the lotto too. Right? I mean, it, it, it can be like that. And, and I love you, God. I mean it. And maybe we'll talk tomorrow or something. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to talk to God about any of these things. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe we're missing the point. I mean, if this is what our prayers are limited to. But seriously, like when you think about praying for your daily needs, it's important to remember that if it matters to you, it likely matters to him too. If it's important to you, if it's causing you grief, uh, if it's causing you some anxiety, some frustration, some uncertainty, then it certainly matters to our personal, perfect, heavenly Father. And so prayer is an opportunity to verbalize what's on your heart and what you need. And how are we supposed to pray for daily bread in a way that honors God then? Well, for starters, I think the answer really is in that question because here Jesus seems to be teaching us this really simple lesson too, and that is that prayer should be a daily expression of our dependence on God. I mean, I'm not taking my needs. You and I, we're not taking our needs to God because we think he's our personal genie in a bottle or something. No, I'm taking my needs to God because I need him, because I'm desperate for him. It's, it's realizing that without him, I, I'm nothing. And, and when my heart is right and I go running to God for help, I'm just sending this message that I am dependent on him for every single one of my needs. I, I served with uh, a pastor by the name of Bob Russell in Louisville before moving to Noblesville. And I like how he summarizes this simple and yet profound truth. He says this, he says, it can be easy for us to treat prayer like a 911 call that we only use in desperate emergencies or like room service where we call to have a personal delivery made on our terms. Uh, he goes on to say, it's interesting to note that Jesus didn't say, give us this week or give us this month, but give us today our daily bread. He adds, the Muslims have a mandatory law that requires them to pray five times a day. And the Old Testament hero Daniel was known by his friends and his enemies for making time to pray to God three times a day. And then he continues with this. Think of all the positive habits that we cultivate every day that become second nature for us. Things like showering, brushing our teeth, getting dressed, eating breakfast, hugging our loved ones on the way out the door. Those are all positive habits that benefit us when practiced daily. 
And then he closes with this. Prayer will become a positive source of power for us when we develop the custom of praying every day. And that's the big reason why we're doing this series. It's not just to teach you something new about the Lord's Prayer, as fun as that, as that may be. No, we want everyone. Our prayer is that everyone, everyone in this church, adult, young or old, student, kid, would develop the habit of engaging God, our Heavenly Father, on a daily basis. I mean, just imagine for a moment what good could come from that in your life to have this daily habit of going before the Lord in prayer. Like, what might God do for you and and through you because of it? And think about Jesus. I mean, think about him for just a moment. If you study his life throughout the Gospels, you're going to find over and over and over and over again how often Jesus was retreating to pray, taking time to prayer. His, His words were influenced through his prayer time. The decisions that he made, his actions were all a result of his time in prayer with his Father in heaven. And the disciples knew that about him. They saw that in him. That's why they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray just imagine if we were able to learn to depend on God like that. Imagine what could happen in your life and through your life if prayer became the most important part of your daily routine and not a chore, but something that you eagerly looked forward to. And not just in the morning either, but later on in the day and in the evening as well. And not only in your life. Again, but what could God do through our church family if every single one of us continued growing and developing our conversation, our time in prayer with the Lord? And parents, imagine teaching your kids. Like imagine the gift you could give your kids right now, your student right now, of showing them, modeling for them how to pray, the importance of praying each day. Like what impact could that have on the decisions that they're making right now? And what impact could that have on the decisions they make one day, the career they choose, the the person they marry, uh, whether or not they get that one tattoo or not. I mean, all of these things can be positively influenced by their prayers. And so prayer can become a positive source of power. It can become this lifeline of sorts for every single one of us the more we pray. And praying for daily bread, it's learning to pray about all of the things that we think about and worry about and have questions about. Here's something that's interesting. Do you know that those listening to Jesus teach 2,000 years ago about prayer, uh, when Jesus started talking about daily bread, they immediately made a connection to something else that had happened a long time before that with their ancestors. It's described in the Old Testament book of Exodus. And uh, that's the, the story of how God used Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. They spent 40 years in the wilderness, uh, his people did. And every day God provided for all of the food they had. And he did it in a unique way because if you know the story in Exodus 16, uh, it's described that every morning God would provide this white substance, a wafer-like substance, kind of like bread. It was called manna. And uh, God told the people every morning that they were to go out and collect just what they needed, enough manna to feed themselves and to feed their families, but for one day. And it was an important instruction, all right, because if they went out and if they gathered more than they needed, they were penalized. They were, it spoiled, all right. And so, again, the emphasis was collect just what you need for one day, one day at a time. You can see what was happening. 
This is what the disciples knew, a great example of God providing for their daily needs. He was teaching them. He was teaching the Israelites to trust and depend on him as their father for their daily bread, for all of their daily needs in the good and the bad. And don't forget that they were in the wilderness. They were in the desert, one of the most extreme places on the earth. But all along the way, every day, they were learning to trust him, learning to live by faith. You know, this season, these last nine months, um, may not surprise you, they've, they've been hard. They've been really hard for me. They've been hard for me just as a person, as a dad, as a husband, as a, a pastor, trying to navigate all of the ups and downs of this. It's, it's driven me to be more consistent in my prayers. It's influencing the way that I pray and the things that I pray about. I I think in many ways, the last nine months, and I know that I am, I am blessed. I mean, for some people, it's been even more difficult, more complicated. But it, it's a lot like a desert. I mean, it's a lot like a wilderness experience. We are, we are learning to trust God as a church family day by day. Uh, we are learning to trust him in new ways. We are trusting him to meet all of our needs. When, when Jesus prayed, give us today our daily bread, the disciples were making that connection back to their ancestors you know, when God provided for every one of their needs. But Jesus wasn't just trying to touch on a special memory. Um, remember, he's teaching them how to pray. And so he teaches them. He, he says, hey, when you pray, pray like this. Pray, God, give me today my daily bread. And he's showing them how to do that and showing them how to do that with the right attitude. I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, you know, others teaching have, have also talked about this, that, for me, the Lord's Prayer has been the greatest help in my time alone with the Lord and in my daily prayer time. And I, I'm not saying they don't pray throughout the day. I mean, I think all of us, I mean, there's those moments driving in the car when you, know, you can voice a prayer, you can ask something, give something to the Lord. But I, I'm trying to make it a regular part of my rhythm, my daily rhythm, to get up in the morning and to spend time alone with the Lord. And sometimes that's five minutes, and sometimes that's 15, and sometimes that thir it's 30 or 45. But in addition to having that time alone with the Lord in the morning, I find using a journal to be extremely helpful for me in kind of guiding that time, you know, helping me stay focused in my time alone with the Lord. And so I took a picture uh, of my journal from uh, Friday and thought I would share it with you. And I was extra neat in writing because I knew I was going to put it up on the screen for you to look at. But I want to just kind of give you a glance. And maybe you've got a method that works for you uh, as you spend time alone with the Lord. Maybe you don't. And, and maybe you'll find some, some benefit in this. But um, I always date um, my, my journal page. And then over in the right-hand corner, I'll write uh, out the text that I'm reading that day because I'm always trying to include some Bible reading as well. And I just started a through the Bible in a year reading plan. And so I read Genesis 12 through 15 and Psalm 4 uh, the other day. But right away, typically what I'll do is I'll kind of, if you know our SOAPS study, uh, the acronym SOAPS, we've got, I think, some information on it back at the Info Hub. These are the observations that I've made. And so even as I was reading, I was just kind of writing down some things that, that came to mind. You know, the question, what will God do to rescue and redeem the world? And, and Abraham's, Abram's role in it, you know, and God's command, go to the land that I will show you. And, 
And in writing here, following God might mean enduring a famine too, because Abram experienced that. And then after that, I, I wrote down some verses that kind of stood out for me as I was reading through Genesis 12 and Psalm 4. And uh, these are verses that just kind of popped or uh, kind of just seemed significant based on the day or based on the times. But, but these are God's promises too. And so as you're going to see in a moment, these verses on this particular day probably influence a bit of the way that I pray. Because if these are the Lord's promises, we can hold them to it. And so we might as well pray these promises. But here's where my prayer begins. And I just simply put the word Father there because, again, that's how I'm entering into the prayer. All right, I'm remembering who it is that I'm speaking to. And I kind of write in shorthand, and so I might be praying a little bit longer at times, but I'll just use words and phrases. But I wrote here as I started my prayer time, Father, it's good to be with you this morning. Thank you for meeting me here and for all your promises. I, I wrote, I've been anxious, I'm tired, help me restore my strength today. And then I transitioned to this time of praying along the lines of let your kingdom come. And so I prayed, Lord, in me, through me, in this world, you know, use me today. Let your will be done in everything that I do. Uh, do that not only in my life, but do that in my family. Use Genesis, Lord. Uh, as you blessed Abram and his family so that they could be a blessing to others, do that through Genesis. You know, we realize that we're blessed. We want to be a blessing to others. And then this next portion is where I... I kind of transition into the Our Daily Bread. And again, this is where we bring our needs before the Lord. And so every day when I pray, I, I'm praying for my wife and my kids. And so I prayed for Jenny. Jenny's a, a nurse at Noblesville East, so they're dealing with a lot of COVID stuff, a lot of details there. And so praying for strength at work for her. My son Joel will be going to college in a year and a half, so I was praying for that. My son Luke celebrated a birthday on Friday, so that kind of influenced the way that I prayed for him. And my daughter Kate, who's in middle school for the first time, just praying for new friendships in her life. I prayed for my mom and dad. I, I was praying for my mother-in-law, Carol. And then Ben Krause is in there because I pray for him every day because he needs a lot of help. And uh, so I'm just always praying for Ben. Um, but uh, did Beth Ann say me too? Is that you praying? <laughs> Amen, yes. Uh, and then, but, you know, I've got my kind of self-help uh, area in you know, I want a little shorthand. I'm not going to let you in on every detail. But uh, uh, Lord, help me to trust you. Uh, Lord, put joy in my heart. I pray for this message today, just God's help in that. I pray for greater, our, our initiative that we're in as a church. Um, I'm trying to think more and more about a time of gratitude, giving thanks to the Lord for how he's provided through my family, with my health, church friends, the big stuff, you know, there's... I think we should go before the Lord with asking him for an end to COVID-19 and all the election stuff. There are things for Genesis that I might be praying for. I, I didn't include anything there. But I just wanted to give you a kind of a, a glimpse of how this is helpful for me. And I'm a, kind of an organized, you know, bullets, as you can see here. And maybe you're a little more artistic. And uh, I, I've seen people use drawings and just do things that are helpful. But, again, having a daily journal has been so beneficial to me, and I realize it could, be, it could become about the journal, but, but I'm trying to be reminded that this is about the relationship, you know, between the Lord and I, and, and not only what am I just saying to him, I, I have, I got to do a better job of listening. I've got a lot of room to grow in the loose listening area, but again, it's just this day, developing a daily habit and a discipline, growing close to God, learning to depend on him, 
not taking anything for granted. What are some advantages of, of having a daily prayer time, of going before the Lord for your daily bread? Um, I think as we'll see here, a couple of things if you're taking notes. I think learning to trust God um, and, and with our daily bread is, is it reduces anxiety. Uh, I have found that to be true in my life. The more that I pray, the more consistent that I am in prayer, it helps with, with my anxiety. And, and there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world, a lot of things that we can't control. And so it reduces anxiety. Another benefit of learning to trust God for our daily bread is it increases our contentment. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 8. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we can't take anything out of it, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And so the more we learn to pray, Father, give us this day our daily bread, the more we we are reminded that He provides, that He is a good God and that He loves to provide. And sometimes He provides in abundance, and sometimes it's just what we need. But to pray, Father, give us this day our daily bread helps us recognize the kind of bread he provides. And maybe over time, we begin to see the more bread that we have, you know, realizing he's given us so much more than we need, which gives us a reason to be thankful, right? Gives us a reason to be thankful, but also an opportunity to practice generosity uh, for the sake of his kingdom and for others. And one of my favorite things about Genesis that I love seeing the Lord do here is how we're growing together as a church in this area of generosity, and not only so that we can provide for our own needs as a church, but so that we can be a blessing uh, to others, and whether that has to do with planting new churches in Albania, uh, to serving teenage orphans in Ukraine, serving the poor in Haiti, uh, training and equipping small business leaders in Myanmar. I mean, your generosity is enabling these things. And the same is true locally, too. And uh, thanks to all of you for over the last few weeks who have donated supplies to our Love Your Neighbor drive. Uh, We collected cold weather items to help serve those without homes uh, around the greater Indy area. Like, what a great joy. Think about this. How fun is it to know that our ministry partner, Food for Souls, was praying for the Lord to supply and provide for these needs, that there are some individuals out there were praying for an item that they need or items that they need for this winter, and we got to be an answer to prayer for them. Uh, because we've been blessed. We can be a blessing for others. We also got a big thank you from Noblesville Schools uh, this past week. And thanks to your gifts to Greater, we were able to bless Noblesville Schools with a gift of $10,000 a few months back to help out with some uh, needs that they weren't expecting. And they reported back this week that they were able to use those funds uh, to provide scholarships for low-income families, for three- and four-year-olds to be able to help attend preschool in addition to purchasing things like internet hotspots and data plans to support students who need to work from home, do school from home, but can't afford these things right now. And we got to be an answer to prayer for that. You know, we got to help supply that. And and, and what if Genesis, like, you know, how fun is this? If God could, if our reputation in this community could be that when groups or individuals or local schools have a need, they think, I bet Genesis could help. I bet they would help. And as we talked about it last week, you know, that's what it means to pray, God, we want what's happening in heaven to happen here on earth. We want to be your kingdom people, all right? We want to be about bringing heaven to this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And why be generous? Because the Lord's been generous to us. 
He's been so good to us. And because he's provided for all of our needs, we can share what we have with others. All right? And so the challenge, once again, is this. Pray. Practice praying. Uh, And if you've been doing that, keep going. Uh, If you started that and have fallen off, great. Today's a great day to restart or tomorrow too. But let's practice praying together and grow in our daily prayers, taking our needs to God and encountering a God who is able to provide for everything that we need. And the benefits of all of us praying together, how special is that too, that not only when we're growing as individuals in prayer, but how that benefits your family and the impact that can have on our church as well. Now we're going to wrap up, but one more thing you might find interesting on the subject of bread. As it turns out, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Israel, which believe it or not, the word Bethlehem actually means house of bread, which might sound weird for a name of of a town, but did you know that in his gospel, John records Jesus making this very bold claim in John chapter 6, verse 35, it was Jesus that said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's a cool promise. And then verse 51, Jesus continued, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus wants to be the manna, the daily manna that every single one of us needs. And he claims to be the manna that we need in order to have eternal life with God as our Heavenly Father. This morning, um, we want you to know that if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are missing out on the most important thing that you could ever want or need in this world, that Jesus Christ is the only thing that truly satisfies. And the cool thing is that he makes himself available to all people. And if you've never invited Christ to be the Lord of your life, to be your Savior, you can do it today. Uh, You can do it today. You can reach out to him today. You can pray and say, Lord Jesus, I I want you to be the Lord of my life. And he'll do that for you. And I realize that maybe you've got some questions about that. We'd love to help you uh, with that. We'd be happy to talk to th- with you, any of our staff. And maybe there's somebody that invited you today to be here. I bet they'd love to have that conversation with you too. But to know and to believe and to trust that Jesus is the satisfaction that we all need, that we all go looking for. But I want to end like this. You know, for those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus, um, We're invited to celebrate that, to remember that uh, as we take communion together.